Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos and Jamie Eisner, and today is Black Monday, meaning there are a lot of head coaches that have been fired today. There are currently eight jobs. Jamie said a third of the league, a fourth quarter of the league, league yeah. quarter of the league is going to be new, headed up by new head coaches, which is crazy. That's a lot. That's a large it's percentage. A lot of turnover, yes. It's a lot of turnover. A um, couple of these surprising, a couple of these not so surprising. Um I, I think the one that surprises me the most is that Marvin Lewis actually got fired. Yes and no. I mean, in the big picture, yeah, everybody's been kind of waiting for Marvin Lewis and the, the Bengals to part ways for what seems like forever now. Yeah. But this felt like the year. I mean, it felt like by once that team started to really take a downturn after their hot start, yeah. there was just a lot of talk about, okay, this is going to be the end for Marvin Lewis. They bring in Hugh Jackson. Is Hugh Jackson going to be the next coach there? It, for the first time in a long time, it felt inevitable. Yep. And they're moving on. And maybe they, they're going to, if they hire Hugh Jackson, then they're just going to do the same thing they've just been doing. Yeah. If they hire Hugh Jackson, that I just, I can't envision that you saw the turnaround in Cleveland's offense with Baker Mayfield and you think that Hugh Jackson's going to be the guy to lead Andy Dalton and Joe Mixon and AJ Green and that powerful offense. Cause they can be very potent and very good when all playing together sure. and, and healthy. And they and showed at the that. beginning of the year. I mean, this exactly. is not a 10 or 11 win roster, but this could be an 8 or 9 win roster. And you never know what they can do in the draft with another high pick or in free agency. And maybe they get themselves into playoff contention. But, yeah, if they go back – if they go to Hugh Jackson here, and I know they're familiar with him. He was an assistant coach there before. The, the problem is we have no grounds to say that Hugh Jackson is a good football coach as no. a head coach. No. We have not seen that at any point in Cleveland and with a team immediately the same season with the same personnel got significantly better the second he was fired. Yeah. It's not a great sign. No, I, I can't envision that you that, – like I said, I can't envision you watched what happened in Cleveland this year and said, hmm, I think Hugh Jackson is the guy for me. If, if you Baker do, sure doesn't. Yeah, Baker sure doesn't. And and I I mean I guess Bengals ownership is kind of a a funny scenario. That's the reason Marvin Lewis is stuck around for so long. They have to do a lot of things that a lot of other head coaches don't have to do. Well, there's a song and dance. I mean, they meet with meet with Mike Brown uh, every week. Yeah, uh, I believe it's Tuesdays, but it's once a week every and week. I and I believe they, the daughter as well. Yes, and yeah. they go they go over games. And, and some of this you've seen on Hard Knocks and the Bengals have yeah, been on it. That correct. is not for show. That is what. Ownership in a few markets. They're not the only one that does that, but that's what they do. And there are a lot of head coaches along the league that, quite frankly and understandably, say, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. The GM is my boss and let the football people do the football people things. I also understand the owner saying, it's all my money, so I want to know what's going on. But regardless, there are some obstacles there. And, again, it's not an easy place to play. No. Um, So there are some obstacles there. But it will be a job that's fairly covered. The, The cupboard isn't bare in Cincinnati. No, I think – but if you look at this division as a whole, right, 
and you're looking in, you're forecasting into next year, right? This is a very, very, very tough division. You're, Absolutely. You're, They're the worst team in the division, clearly. Yeah. I mean, the Cleveland Browns only got better as the season went yeah. along. Baltimore, obviously, going into the postseason, probably going to take even another step forward next year with an entire offseason with Lamar Jackson. And Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Yes. And this year – This was about as bad as it gets for Pittsburgh, and they finished three games above 500. Yeah. I and, mean, it, it, I know we're all going to talk about how disappointing the Steelers were not making the playoffs. And they were, because I thought this team should win the division and probably have a bye. But they were still 9-6-1 and one for as bad as they were. So when we're talking long-term, the Bengals still have a ways to go to get to 9-6-1. and one. Correct. Correct. All right. The Broncos, Vance Joseph out. This is not a surprise. No. I thought he was going to lose his job last year. I think he, he had an opportunity to maybe save his job this year at a moment this season where we kind of thought, hey, they're on a little hot streak. But – I know all of us on this podcast said, yeah, the hot streak's going to end and they're going to they're gonna taper off here, and that's exactly what happened. And it gave them the excuse to fire Vance Joseph. Look, I, I look at that team and I say they're, they are, they're close. They're that next two down from the playoff roster. I was pretty high on them coming into the year. I thought they would be an eight-win team. They didn't quite get to that mark. But that defense is still good. It's not mm-hmm. as good as the Super Bowl team that was there, but it's still a very good defense, a defense that can still get better. They have two really, really strong young running backs now. Yep. And I think they want to emphasize two because that matters. Look at what's happening in New Orleans. I mean, again, they're not the same style of runners. But with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman there, they have two running backs that they can rely on that can really generate a lot of offense. Case Keenum isn't great. He's not one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the league, but he's in that 22 to 28 Minnesota range. won with him. It's they been, won more than with Kirk Cousins. It's it's been proven you can win with you can win with Case Keenum. Yes, and I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Case Keenum, but you can get to the playoffs yeah. to, with Case Keenum uh, if you need to. If they add some weapons, a, a few other weapons for him to throw to, I think really if they could, if they can get a tight end in that offense that can catch the football, I really think that would be a difference maker for Case Keenum. Remember the connection Case Keenum and Kyle Rudolph had in, in Minnesota. Nice. They they need somebody, and it's not Hewerman or Hireman, excuse me. Yeah. They need a pass-catching tight end of that offense. They need somebody else aside from just Emmanuel Sanders in the receiving game. Maybe that's going to be Deshaun Hamilton stepping up. Maybe Cortland Sutton plays yeah. better. Cortland Sutton didn't exactly do well in that increased role. He's still young, but we'll see what that offense looks like. This is a team with some good coaching some and a good draft class this year. Maybe one or two key free agents, not big names, but key free agents in different spots like a pass-catching tight end. I mean, Jared Cook is going to be out there. I think that could be a very interesting spot for him. Yeah, that would be him. a very interesting spot for him. All of a sudden, I think that, that could be a nine-win team next year, and I think it's a team we're discussing in the wildcard picture. They weren't that far off. They were not that far off this season. All right, the Browns, we know they fired the coach middle of the season. They Listen, they got better. They looked better throughout the season, but you knew that they were going to go out and get their guy. Uh, a lot of speculation about Mike McCarthy, lots of speculation yeah, about there's, others. there's even a report last night that Mike McCarthy was going to get the job. I feel like that seemed a little premature, but we'll still see. I mean, he's clearly a top candidate. We talked about him. I think it's, I think it's an interesting, I think it's interesting if you're looking at it from, listen, they want Baker to have a guy probably on, on the offensive side of the football, but they need to go out and hire somebody that isn't a traditional Browns hire, right? Correct. Because if they had gone and hired Lincoln Riley, it would have been just so Browns, right? I just, it, it yeah, would have just, it would have just yeah. been 
just so stereotypical. Like you take, you're getting there, you're getting there, and then you go do something and you take a huge misstep. Because listen, it could have been a home run, but it also could have just been a complete and total disaster. I, I agree. You're on the precipice here of something special. You, you might have it. You ha- you look like you have a nucleus of a young team that's, that's not only a playoff contender, but could be a Super Bowl contender in yep. the two or three year window that you have on Baker's rookie contract. Correct. The, look, I, I can't say for sure whether Lincoln Riley would be a good or a bad NFL head coach. No. I don't know. There are a lot of factors there. The issue is, and, and fans sometimes have to not have to see through this simplistic message, you're not hiring a head coach to pair with your quarterback. You're hiring a head coach to pair with an offensive system. Correct. So you're not hiring – if Lincoln Riley didn't coach Baker Mayfield, would we even be having this conversation? Absolutely not. So to me, it's, it's just asinine to have a conversation about this because I understand – that he was key coach Baker in college. That's For great. Sure. There are 52 other men on the active roster on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, if you want to hire a, a coordinator, a position coach yeah. that had that. 100%. A quarterback totally coach understand in the NFL. That. Offensive Makes assistant. Great. Totally understand that. For sure. You don't hire a head coach of your football team because he coached your quarterback in college. No. For one I'm season. Sorry. For one season. It's, stu- it's That's stupid. You don't no. do that. You, absolutely not. And I think the biggest part of this, this is what Jake brings up. And it's a very valid point that I don't think ever really gets discussed enough when people are talking about head coaches. You don't hire just the head coach. You hire the staff. And who is that head coach going to bring with him? Lincoln Riley does not have any NFL connections to bring him into this staff. That is the difference between him and Sean McVay. Sean McVay, who's very young, but grew up in the NFL, grew up in coaching, had connections already that he could bring a very talented staff together. Sean McVay is an unbelievable coach, but he doesn't even need to walk to the other side of the football because he knows that somebody who's been running a defense for, what, 40 years is on that side of the football? And another legacy. Correct. I mean, in Wade Phillips. Look, I would not. I would not be shocked if they just give this job to Greg Williams. I, yeah. I really would not be shocked, and and I have to give Greg Williams a lot of credit because as, as as much of a, I can't use the word on this podcast as I think he is on a personal level. Yeah. Not to me, like I've never met the guy, but no, just, based on all reports, correct. he's a hell of a football coach. He is a hell, and of he has football been a hell of a defensive coach. coach for a while, and he's done a great job letting Baker be Baker and letting Freddie Kitchens run this offense. I would not be shocked if they say, you know what. Let's keep what we have. Maybe we bring in one or two pieces from the outside as assistants or assistant head coach, offensive assistant, give him, some, give him a fancy title, whatever it is. But I would not be shocked to see that stay as is. With McCarthy, if they do bring him in, my only concern, and I think the hate on Mike McCarthy has gone too far now, where yeah. people forget that he still won a lot of football games. Nine with a roster that wasn't of, great. Nine of 11 seasons went to the postseason. And again, a lot of those Packers rosters weren't great. They had Aaron Rodgers. And sure, he doesn't, he gets, you know, has to be aware that he got to coach Aaron Rodgers. But my only concern is he's a very conservative offensive coach. Agreed. He's a smart offensive coach, but he's very conservative and very by the book and very risk averse. And that's not the type of player that Baker Mayfield has been. No. So can Baker have success in that off- in, in that type of offense? It's very possible he can. Sure. Will there be some friction there? It's very possible there will be. So that'd be my only concern. So that's a that's where it brings up the, the I like that dynamic a little bit because I think Baker could use a little bit of that. A little because bit of structure. A little bit of structure. And I listen. I'm Team Baker, and you are too. Yes. I know we love Baker. But he's now playing in the NFL, and a small sample size of what he was able to do. If he wants to be a quarterback for a long time, for 15, he wants to be Drew Brees, he wants to be Tom Brady, the risk-averse stuff isn't going to be able to last long-term. It's just not, people. Look at every great quarterback that's ever played a long time. 
they have fundamentals. They play by the book. They, they play a certain way. I'm not saying Baker can't be Baker. He can still be himself within the confines of some structure. And I do think that Mike McCarthy, it would have to be a conversation that oh, yeah. obviously ownership has with Baker and Mike McCarthy together that, listen, you can both learn from each other. Take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and let and let you guys let Baker be Baker, but within the confines of, hey, let's turn you, let me turn you into a franchise quarterback. Yes. Not, hey, you had a really, really fun rookie season. Because you don't want to be that guy. Exactly. And again, look, there is something to be said about keeping your best players a little bit uncomfortable. Agreed. Listen, it's I'm I will be interested to see how this whole Packers shenanigans shakes out. For the Browns, do you think this is the best job out there? Because I right now, I think it is. 100%. I think it's the best of, of the eight that of, are available. Of the eight, I'm looking at all eight. So Bengals, Broncos, Browns. And we'll go over the other ones Buccaneers, right after this. But. Cardinals, Dolphins, Jets, Packers. From a pure roster perspective, top to bottom. And a chance to win in the next three to five years. The Browns have the, the best Browns, roster. Right? They still have cap space to go out and make mm-hmm. some moves. They still have opportunities. They still have draft picks in the yeah. next coming drafts. Uh, listen, I, I think – Yes, the Packers' job has Aaron Rodgers, but what else? But that's but that's it. And no cap space. Yeah, and no you're not going to get. And there's nothing coming. No, it's, it's not like this is a one year where you have to. No, this is an Aaron. If you Rodgers, remember the Saints from a couple of years ago when they were really down because they had so many cap penalties and they basically had to punt a season, but they knew they still had. They knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel and they still had Drew Brees. I mean, listen. Also, Aaron Rodgers is 35 and hurt and injured again, again for the third time. It's I I, I listen. I get it. As somebody who has a vested interest in the NFC North, I have watched the magic of Aaron Rodgers for a very long time. But with all that being said, he has not had the injury history that all the other quarterbacks who've had long-time success have had. He's going into – now he's having a coaching change. Okay, There's no Sean Payton magic long-term with Drew Brees. There's no Pete Carroll with Russell Wilson, Tom Brady with Bill Belichick. This is a change late on in his career. And guess what? Everyone thinks it's going to be an automatic home run. It could be a disaster. Could be. They could hire somebody and it could be a total, complete disaster. I'm not saying that it's going to be, but it very well could be. Absolutely. And I think if I look at this and I look at rosters only and upside for the next few seasons, it's got to be the Browns. Yes. I don't don't even think it's an argument. Buccaneers. uh, This job gets interesting because Ian Rappaport reported that our very fine guest who shows up every Wednesday on this podcast – would take a phone call from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's because he is con- he is uh he's pretty familiar with some of the with some of the mm-hmm. GM there in 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 Tampa Bay. He's very familiar with Jameis Winston. Um, listen, if there's anybody that could get the best out of Jameis and get him to focus in and be the best version of himself, is Bruce Arians. Yeah, it's interesting because with Jameis in particular, you've got one more year left on that deal. It's not guaranteed. It's only guaranteed for injury. So you basically have a one-year trial period to decide, right. is Jameis Winston going to be the quarterback we are moving forward with for the next three to five years, or are we in the quarterback market for the 2020 NFL draft? Correct. So you need to make that determination in the next 365 days. Uh, obviously, Bruce is very familiar with Jason Light, who I believe was the, he had the assistant GM title, right? Correct. With the Arizona Cardinals behind Steve Kime. Yep. Uh, and when the Cardinals had a ton of success, Light was a hot uh, front office prospect and ended up getting the, the Buccaneers job. Correct. The concern there would be, I don't know how solid of a ground Jason Light is on. I know Correct. he's he must have been solid enough ground because they're letting him lead the, cur- the coaching search, yep. uh, which means they're not planning on firing him in the next year, but 
you never know what can happen if there's another bad yeah. year that that happens there and Winston may or may not be there. There are pieces there offensively that you really like. Yeah, uh, I'm not a Jameis Winston fan necessarily. I don't. I don't think Neither he's one I. of the 15 best. Well, I'm not certainly not a fan of him as a person for, for sure. a number of reasons. But as a football player, despite his talent, I still don't think he's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the league. Can you get to the playoffs with him? Sure, because he's in that next bracket we've talked yep. about. I would rather have him than Case Keenum, obviously. There's yeah. a huge talent disparity there. For sure. Not, mistake differences, too, but a huge talent disparity there. You like what they have in the passing game with Mike Evans, uh, you know, Godwin, uh, you, uh, Humphreys. I mean, they have enough pieces there. They need to find a running back. I was uh, Maybe Ronald Jones, after this disaster of a rookie year, might be able to turn into something. Yeah. But they're going to need to find a sustained running game. But that whole defense has to be completely rebuilt. Yeah. They need to rebuild. There are like three pieces on that defense I want. The interesting thing that you bring up, that we can bring up here, is like I said earlier, Jake, who's obviously Bruce's son, says this all the time. It's who you bring as a staff. Mm -hmm. Todd Bowles is now out there. He's been fired as well. Would you have Bruce join Todd? Bring in another staff, groom, bring in a smart defensive guy. I mean, listen, Todd, sure. Todd, Todd may- might be able to get a head coaching job this offseason. He might. And I'm not sure he wants to pass up. Again, we don't know. We but don't know. if he gets a head coach offer, it'd be tough to pass it up to even be a couple-year defensive coordinator. For sure. I think it's interesting to think if you put Todd and Bruce and another full staff together and knowing that Bruce probably has about a three-year window, that he's grooming insert one of these guys to then take over as sure. head coach. That's, that's, but that usually doesn't work. No, it like, usually doesn't. Like, I mean, look what – I still if, if, we'll talk about this in a second. But if Josh McDaniels takes a job this offseason, I will officially have no idea what happened Yeah. last offseason. Yeah. I'll have no clue. Yeah. But we've seen in the past where Belichick was the heir to Parcells and the disaster that turned into for the Jets. That was a while ago, but that turned into a disaster. You know, McDaniels was supposed to be the, the next one grooming for Belichick. Yep. We're still waiting. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the, the, it's that's not always as easy – as it seems. So yeah, I think we'll it's, see. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting discussion to have. All right. The Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. We are not, not at all surprised to see Steve Wilkes get fired here. Um, listen, this, as, as we know this team very well, both of us, I've covered this team. Uh, Jake obviously was the son of the head coach for a long time. Jamie's covered the team. This was a bad hire from the very beginning. Yeah. It, it never, and, and I feel bad because I feel like, Steve Wilkes was not set up for success. This just – this was not – he was not ready. I just don't think he was ready to be I, a head coach. Oh, I don't think so either, but I don't know if he wasn't set up for success. I didn't expect this team to win 10 football games. But you also – we talked about this a lot. You know, I was critical of the Steve Wilkes hire. I didn't think that – I thought that was a hire that just didn't do much for me. I thought that was Agreed. a very unsexy hire. Agreed. I didn't think he – I mean, he, I don't think he did that magnificent of a job in the brief time he was to Carolina, D.C. No. So I was a little surprised to see that. That felt like a big leap. You, you had a roster that was constructed a certain way. And if Bruce Arians was 10 years younger, we wouldn't even have in this conversation. He'd no. still be there. Yep. And with all the other stuff that was going on. But you have a roster constructed to play a certain type of offense and a certain type of defense. And let's talk about the defense specifically. You bring in a coach that completely clashes with the defensive style that you currently have. That's not terribly uncommon. It does happen from time to time. It takes years, plural, to switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and vice versa. Years. Because unlike Madden, these players are not interchangeable. Yes. You keep, you're not just able to move. Everybody has a specific role. A lot of times in a 4-3, those inside defensive tackles play a very similar but not exact role as outside defensive right. ends in a 3-4 right. 
I guess we don't really use that term anymore. We just say, you know, hand in the dirt pass rusher yeah. now or edge rusher. Cause yeah. that, but they're completely different players. And we talked earlier this year about the way they were using Dayon Buchanan and the way they were using Son Reddick, two players who had an immense amount of success in the 3-4 with Todd Bowles and others and, uh, um, and with James Betcher as well. Yeah. And then we're completely we're, – we're just standing with their helmets on the sideline, just standing there. Yeah, I think they that just, was – it was just a big – You when you have guys who – and I bring Dayon Buchanan up specifically because at, at our previous job, I hosted the NFL draft yeah. content that we had. And over the last two seasons, if you watched the NFL draft, you heard multiple times by anybody who was hosting an NFL draft show – they are trying to find a player fun. like Dayon Buchanan. Yep, there were two guys. There's Dayon Buchanan and Mark Barrett. Those were the two players so in the dollar linebacker yeah, position. If those guys were the type of players that people were so desperate to find, how is there not time in your football game to have Dayon Buchanan playing football? I just this system did not make sense from the very beginning. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it wasn't broke. It was yeah. that they were a top the 10. The defense played well. The defense wasn't their problem. Injuries yeah. were their problem. For sure. Last, but last top year. 10 defense for the last five years come in, change the system. It took them a while to adjust. At the beginning of the season, they were a disaster. There's a lot of blame to go around. Because Correct. I don't think Wilkes was the right fit. And when you're going to make a – if you're going to completely change the way you play, you have to give somebody longer term than one yeah. year. You have to give them three to five years. The problem was the fit was so obviously bad so early that this was never going to last. No. So now, but again, not all hope is lost. No. You still have most of those pieces. Yep. You can at least get back to competitive. You also have the number one overall draft pick. Yes. Okay. That's that's good scenario. And you're going to add a game-changing edge rusher with Correct. that pick. Unless Correct. you are incredibly stupid. Yes. Unless you... This is a, sim- this is a simple pick. Yeah. This is... You're n- taking this, Bosa. You're here. taking Nick Bosa. You're, you're... We're not... It's not even a discussion. No. It's not a, it's not a discussion. You're moving right yes. along and you're and you're making that pick. You put the... Dra- you're putting it in now. Yes. You're like, I'm ready to go. Let's make this draft pick. They need to upgrade their wide receiving core. Yes. We'll see what but happens But you can do that in free agency. But you look yeah. at this defense and you're saying, okay, with guys coming off... Oh, you got to pressure, pressure the quarterback. Yep. So you get it, you get somebody in there. Again, let's say Todd Bowles takes that job, yep. and you go back to that defense that had so much success. You have Chandler Jones coming off the edge. You have Bosa coming off the edge. All of a sudden, you're starting to look like one of those teams that really wreck havoc on the quarterback. Yeah. How, you very quickly could become what the Colts defense was with arguably the best quarterback in football that the Colts don't have. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, again, I'm not saying this is a playoff team next year. It's no. not. But you can get to seven or eight wins with the right head coach, the right system, with Bosa in. Rosen takes a step forward. You're going to need to find pass catchers. You Got have it. no <laughs> pass catchers. If Larry retires, yep. which I was certain he was going to, and now I'm not as certain. But I think it depends but, on but, who let, they hire. But let's assume he, he retires. Okay. You have nobody. Yeah, no, you have nobody. Nobody but Kirk. Yep. And, and He's you coming need, off an injury. And you need probably two receivers and a tight end. I don't know if Gresham's contract, which, by the way, was a brutal contract when it was signed, and it yep. continues to be brutal. I can't remember if it's he has one more year if it comes off the books here. You need two wide receivers and probably a tight end. Yep. Like you, But you're not, you can find those pieces. No, you can find those pieces. And I think the what I would advise Cardinal fans is take, take heed in this. I watched the Chicago Bears with a new coaching staff completely turn around what a rookie looked like. So I know Josh Rosen did not look great this year, but neither did Mitchell Trubisky no. in his first Rosen season. Rosen looked better this year than Trubisky did last year. 100%. There was more upside, okay? And and you have similar – I'm not saying it's exactly the same, 
but you have similar pieces, right? You have similar pieces defensively where I could see you draft Nick Bosa and all of a sudden this defense starts to look nasty, right? But you have to add, much like the Bears had to go add a ton in free agency over over this past season, they had nobody on their offense. They had nobody to throw to. They had nobody. Yeah. They made a lot of changes. They brought in the right coach. Robertson and Gabriel. And I mean, they exactly. and drafted Anthony Miller. And, and got Adam Shaheen and turned in. And Trey Burton. I mean, I, think about how they, they rebuilt that. I mean, that's a great example. They rebuilt that passing core. They drafted season. Anthony Miller. In one I mean, season. Kevin and, White's alive, yeah, which Kevin, I saw week 17, which was but cool. But I, I think that's, that's, that is the recipe for success is going out and making sure you hit the you hit the right home run you make the right hire you don't go hire the Steve Wilkes or last year it would have been the John DeFilippo that the Bears yeah. that the Bears were very interested in like many others right they hired yeah. Matt Nagy they brought in the right staff and that is exactly what the Cardinals need to do to have success this is why Bowles makes the perfect sense there 100%. Again, if you're not bringing Bruce Arians back would obviously make the most of this most of the yes. sense if he even wants that job yeah Todd Bowles makes a ton of sense here because you ha- you can leave Byron Leftwich at OC, and you can leave that offense as is. You ha- again, and now you have experience with a young quarterback. Bowles didn't really have an experience with a young quarterback. They didn't really groom anybody here when Bowles was here. Yeah, like Carson no. Palmer. Yep. You know, and then, and Drew Stanton as yeah. the backup. They didn't groom anybody. He has a year of experience. He learned from okay, what troubles did Sam Darnold have, and what did he not have? He now has a little bit more experience dealing with a young quarterback's ups and downs. He can now help Byron Leftwich with that with Josh Rosen. You also look at that defensive side and go, okay, 80% of the players are still here from when I was here or that played my system. There's not a learning curve there. There's a few guys that will have a learning curve. Most of them won't. All of a sudden now, again, if you you get Reddick back up to speed, you have Chandler Jones already, you have Nick Bosa, all of a sudden you have some game changers on that side of the ball. You still have Patrick Peterson. I I just, again, to me – that's a team that could be again six, seven, eight yeah. win team. I think it's Very a quickly. I think it's a lucrative job. I know that they only won three for games the right this coaches. Year. For the, I think it's the I think it's a lucrative job for the right coach. You also have to know the expectations are low right now, right? They yes. only won three games, so to have a successful season here next year, I don't think the postseason is going to be what no. needs to make this fan base happy. I think being competitive in this division will make the fan base happy and more so just taking steps in the right direction. Whereas if you're the Packers coach and you don't make the postseason next year, it's going to be oh, yeah. a disaster Look, for the, that coach. The, the Cardinals lost six games in the final two minutes this year. That's going to even out slightly. Correct. You even out get a couple more of those. You finish six and 10, seven and nine. People are really happy with you. 100%. Yeah. And so on that sense, there is, there is talent in Arizona. It's not the worst job available. No, but it definitely is not. Uh, it has to be for the right coach. For sure. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase. This is a little surprising only because I thought last season would have made more sense to fire him. I think from a coaching perspective, considering he didn't have Tannehill for the first for the whole season this year, um, I thought he did a really good job with a roster that wasn't great. Yeah, this, um, this was a better coaching job than he did last year where they underachieved. They were looking for a reason. Steven Ross was looking for a reason to get rid of Adam Gase. That's why I'm not always a big fan of this. Well, we'll see. We'll give him one more year. Because then at that point, so what, if he wins and goes 9-7 and seven and, and they lose in the wild card weekend, then you're saying, well, we'll give him another one more year? Yeah, like, if you're going to make a move for a coach, you make, just make the move. I agree. I, I would. This is what I would say. I would really have liked to have seen Adam Gase 
have a full season of Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I, I think he. Do, I think he earned that right by by the way he coached this season. Yeah, I really Brock do. Brock Osweiler looked like a competent NFL quarterback, which Thank is you. not something I thought I would ever say. No, I, I think I think that from an offensive perspective, I think he should be in a lot of these conversations for a coach. I'm yeah. sure he's probably not going to get a head coaching job. No, right but away. I, I would be very excited to hire him as an offensive coordinator. One hundred percent. I absolutely I think, would. I think he jumps right back in. All right, the New York Football Jets. We talked about this. Uh, earlier, Todd Bowles. Listen, not I, surprising. Not surprising either. I just don't think he's the right fit with what they're going to have to do with Sam Darnold. I think. Listen, Todd's a great coach. I know Todd personally. He's a great man, a uh, great leader. Uh, New York never really felt like the right fit for him in general when he took that job. I was critical of it then, just because I don't. <laughs> When I say he's a nice man, there's a certain type of person that has to handle the New York media. Yes. And Jamie knows that since he's from New York. Yeah. And I just don't think – It's Todd, a Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells. You kind of have to have a little bit of a – You have to be You a, have to jaw back and forth. You have to be a little bit of an ass. Yes. You have to. Yes. You and have he's to, not to that, survive. And he is not that guy. And he got that defense to play really swaggy. Yes. Real swaggy. But he's not the guy who's going to – uh, really get Sam Darnold to the point of where they need to be. And I know that the Jets just – they need some – they need an offensive they mind. Do. And, they and need somebody who's going to fix Sam Darnold. We talked about this with the Browns earlier. We talked about this with the Cardinals earlier in the season. When you when you put your franchise in the hands of a young quarterback, that has to be your focus. That's yep. when you go hire his college coach, as we've said <laughs> with, the, with the Browns. But it means you have to hire a coach that accentuates and can build that quarterback. And you have to be have that with an offensive guy, either as your head coach or as an assistant head coach. Uh, we're both huge fans of Todd Bowles as as, as a human being. Yeah, and I think he's I, a great. Coach I can't too. justify them not firing him. Yeah, the for results sure. weren't there. This is results based business, and even if you look on paper, that defense never played up to the full expectations that it has. Yep. But Todd Bowles will get another head coaching job, yep. maybe as soon as the next month. For sure. Uh, if not, then at least in the next year or two, he will get another head coaching job. But yeah, he's definitely somebody that I would like to to hire, and if. That, that Jets job isn't bad. I still think that defense needs a lot of help. You have pieces, but that needs a lot of help. Sam Darnold's going to be a good football player. I agree. He's going to turn the ball over, but you're hoping that you can kind of groom that stuff out of him. He's going to have to learn to play away from home. Yep. He, had another, he didn't throw an interception. He had the one turnover on the fumble, but he cannot turn into a pumpkin on the road. No, he's got to um, figure that out. He's got to figure that out. Because there are other rookie quarterbacks that didn't do that this year. Yeah. So he's got to figure that issue out. Yep. He's got to limit the turnovers, but he has a bright future. Yeah, I think I think that's a lucrative job as well. I think you have a lot of pieces on the defensive side. You have a lot of cap space. They're one of the mm-hmm. teams that has been in discussions about Le'Veon Bell. That could be a huge home run for them if they go out and get a really, that, really good run. And that would be an interesting piece there because I, I do think we're going to talk a lot in the soft season about Le'Veon Bell because I, as much as I'm concerned about him getting hurt immediately just because I'm missing so much time, he still is a good football player. Correct. And I know we've talked about how the Steelers' offense with Connor and Samuels have been able to have success, but that doesn't mean that Le'Veon Bell isn't good. No. Him going to Indianapolis or him going to the New York Jets is going to be an extremely interesting thing to talk about because he's going to help one of those teams immensely. Yeah, I would love – selfishly because I love Andrew Luck, I would love to see him go there. Uh, I would love – I, I think it would be a home run. Andrew Luck's team. never really had a pass-catching option out of the backfield. The way, Again, I, you're going to say Naeem Hines. They line up Naeem Hines in the slot yeah, or on the outside. The I mean somebody that you line up in the backfield and are throwing dump-offs to screens to shovel passes inside. It's a different type of receiving plus, back than what Naeem Hines Plus, is. Naeem Hines is not Le'Veon. No, he is let's, not. Let's just go to exactly what – they're just not the same football player from a caliber of talent standpoint. Um, also, because when Naeem Hines is in the game, 
people are like, oh yeah, they're not running it. it exactly. I mean, there's, right. there's a whole different aspect to it. Whereas with Le'Veon, it's a it's a guessing game. Yes. He's a he's a he's a huge threat in the backfield. Absolutely. And to think that he wouldn't be an instant game changer for any franchise is just wrong. He's it, he's a very very talented. He'd be I, a huge help to Sam Darnold again. A safety sure. blanket. Safety blanket. Yeah. I mean, we saw a little bit with Chris Herndon, the tight end, a little bit. So I'm glad to see that. Again, I go back to it, but when your young quarterback needs a safety blanket, it's the running back out of the backfield and it's your tight end. Yeah. And when you don't have that, you start to force throws. Yep, and that's exactly what you saw from Sam Darnold. So I think those are those are two really good spots. We'll end up we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell definitely a lot of this offseason. The last job is the Green Bay Packers job. Listen, we've talked about this at length since this job uh, was open halfway or you know, a quarter into the season. This might be the second worst job behind the Bengals. I I I know people are going to say I'm biased, but this job is not good. There's there's a lot of look. You have Aaron Rodgers, and that's awesome. But if Aaron Rodgers so was not there, if Aaron Rodgers was not there, this would it's the worst team in football. Yes, one hundred percent. This you roster have Aaron is Jones, bad. Which is again, if you're the next to coach there, if you don't give the Aaron Jones the ball twenty five times a game, you deserve to be fired. I'm sorry. This is the best running back Green Bay's had in a decade for sure. And I and I get that Aaron Rodgers is there, but. Listen, if you force him to have to make all of the throws that he's had to make over the past few seasons, guess what's going to happen? He's going to get injured. That is what has continuously happened. Do you not know that he plays football in the NFC North with strong divisional opponents who have tough defenses? If you continue to put him out there and make him throw as many times as he's thrown, he's going to get injured again. And he is one serious injury away from never playing football again. And again, I just there's so much pressure because the expectations are so out of whack for what the talent level of this team is. This is a six win team. Yeah. Right now. That's what they are. Yep. And going into next year. And I just think the expectations are that they win ten games and, and go to the postseason. That's because I that's just think what you're happens. Just set up to fail. That's what happens when you have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. You can't you can't fairly have, and unfairly. If you have the best you have sure. the best talent you have the most talented quarterback in football, you should make the playoffs. I'm 100%, sorry. One hundred percent. But you but, have constructed a roster that is not good. And oh, by the way, this is now going to be the first year that you're going to have his actual cap hit of his new contract. Good luck constructing a good team with that cap hit. I'm just not optimistic about this team. They're lucky the Lions exist. They probably won't be the worst team in the NFC North next year. But yeah, I I just don't I don't see a scenario where this team. uh, Listen, lot can change, but let's see who this team hires. I just don't think it's a very good job at the at this point. All right, let's run through these games quickly. Um, Bills, Dolphins, not much here, obviously. No, Josh Allen looked really good yep. um, fantasy-wise. He's going to be a fun guy to rate next year because he really had a strong second half. He's going to finish one of the top 15 quarterbacks. Um, we're going to do a lot of research this offseason before we have our rankings and everything that comes out, and we'll update him throughout. But um, I I mean, he's gonna, he might crack the top 15 for I'm me. intrigued by him. I'm intrigued by him. He's going to be the guy you take as your second quarterback and just mm-hmm. put on your bench a little bit. A little bit maybe like Trubisky was this year. Yeah. Or some people that took a chance on Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield and, and said, let's put him on the bench and let's see how he does because yeah. he's he's running the ball really effectively. And he's sure actually is. been throwing pretty well. Like I was very critical of the Josh Allen pick. I didn't think you'd have any success. Still too early to tell, but he's played a lot better than I thought he would. I think I have to give him a little credit. I think uh, this was one of the kind of ongoing jokes of NFL Twitter was making fun of Josh Allen. I think he showed – he that team looked competent with him. When yeah. he came back from that injury, the Bills looked competent. And they had a good defense, right? They, yeah. they were able they to played, play. They played they, solid defense. They played solid defense. They played well at home. And let's be honest, he doesn't have a lot of options there in Buffalo. No. So I would like to see what this looks like 
with some upgraded offensive yeah, pieces. If, if Zay Jones is the best pass catcher he still Come has on. next year, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, you guys, I think you have to upgrade those positions. One hundred percent, you got to go upgrade. I think you have to bring in a superstar. No, but you got to bring in somebody. Up, upgrade those positions. One hundred percent. Lions thirty-one. Packers zero. Yeah, Sean Kaiser is still a terrible football player. Listen, this is case in point what that Packers Stop roster is. Drafting, Notre, Dame, quarterbacks. They're terrible. Stop it. Yeah, they're not good. And listen, that Packers team, like we said earlier, not good. Neither of these teams is good. Neither of these teams is going into the postseason. Um, in the offseason, we'll do a lot of evaluation of Matthew Stafford, what this offense is going to look like. He was a big disappointment from a fantasy perspective this yeah, year. He's, to me, he's not. Unless you're in a two-QB league, he's not draftable. Next yeah. Year. You, you, they they are going to be in an evaluation period as well um, with Matt Patricia and this staff and, and what it he's, looks like next year. He's high on my list as coaches, I think, could be fired next year on Black Monday. Yep. Like he's, or, he's really high on my or list. Or depending on how it goes halfway through the season. Yeah. I think I, if they start out disastrously – uh, he could be out very quickly because there is tons of rumblings all over that about that team that that is just a disastrous locker room. He just needs this. That, that team needs a lot of help. Um, I'm not. I'm not too high on Zach Zander going into next year. I think that's more of a second half thing. Oh, uh, well, I, I am willing to say, look, Eric Blunt is done, cooked, finished. That's yeah. it. Stop it. Please. We're done, we're done now. En- enough. Uh, it's a hell of a run. Yeah. For he did. Considering that nobody thought he was going to last for a second in the NFL after that sucker punch on the Boise State guys and went undrafted and all yeah. the, all that fun stuff that happened when he was coming out. But uh, he had a hell of a career, but it's over. Yeah. The last eight weeks really showed that it's over for yeah, him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Patriots 38, Jets 3. Uh, listen, this was – we talked about it. This was exactly the type of Patriots victory that I expected. They needed this. They, they needed the – just complete ass whooping of a mm-hmm. divisional opponent at home going into the postseason. They will now sit again mm-hmm. and they ninth, some, ninth consecutive year with a bye. And Nine. somehow, some way, the way that this all shakes out, they're gonna this is the best possible scenario from who they have to play. For the most part, yes. Um it's gonna be interesting because we'll we'll get into my predictions later in the week. Um, here's my little preview. I think the AFC divisional round, so the following weekend, is going to be the skeletons in the closet weekend. And I'll explain Ooh. what that means on Friday when we do our predictions. I but like that. I, I think this is going to be an extremely exciting second weekend of AFC action, and I'll explain why then. But, yeah, I mean, for this game, it, it is what it is. Tom Brady finally had a big performance. He is not the t- he's not capable of being one of the five best quarterbacks in the league anymore. Yeah. But he's in that next little bit tier behind. He still can be very good. The Jets were playing practice squad guys in the second half of this football game. So I wouldn't read too much into it. But it is nice to see Brady have a strong second half of the year. He's still a damn good quarterback, even if he's not quite at that elite level anymore because he's 40. Yeah. Yeah. He's an old man. But he's a a damn good player. Julian Edelman really looks good. Look, the Patriots did what they they needed to do. Look really good. They now have a week off to prepare for either Baltimore or Indianapolis or – it would, or Houston, or I forgot whatever the combination yeah, is. Yeah, they three get one of those options. three. Yeah, uh, I guess they can't. They can't get Indianapolis. So it would be Houston. It would be Baltimore. Yeah, or it would be the Chargers. So they have a week off to prepare. And again, it's been a long time since we haven't seen Tom Brady compete in an AFC Championship game. It feels like it happens every year. Yeah, it's uh, things fall into place again. It seemed a couple of weeks ago when they lost that game at Miami 
<clears throat> that this might turn into one of the seasons where they really didn't get it going. But look, I didn't the, like them if they fell to the three, three or four. Season. Agreed. I, I thought that was just again. They needed the bye. You're playing an extra game. You're probably playing two road games then to get to the Super Bowl. Well, now, now you got to come play in Foxborough. It's a different story, yep. and they have a week off. Uh, Panthers thirty. One last note, quick though. Yep. Like Brady's not going to be in the top ten next year no. in the QB rankings. I think it's going to be the final of the first year where we're pretty solid there. He might be a decent it, bench he, option. He dropped. But. He dropped this year, and I think that was. The, the starting yeah. of what we all saw happening, uh, a lot of that had to do with also Julian Edelman being out the first couple of weeks. Um, and, and just, listen, at some point, father time gets you. And and Tom's not making a free fall, but it's definitely not the numbers we've seen him put up so, for the last few seasons. For example, if, even if we include last week's, so we include his big game, he was and making the Tampa Bay quarterbacks one. Yeah, he, he came in as QB 17 yeah. on points per game, even including the week 17 game where 250 yards, four touchdowns. QB 17 on a points per game basis. Other QBs around him within a half a point. Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, a lot Baker of those, Mayfield. A lot of those guys didn't play all the games. You yeah. know, think of how many of those guys were injured and played less games and still scored around the same amount so of points. So that's – he again name value in a two QB league. I think he's going to be a mid level QB two in a two QB league. But yeah, he's just not one of those guys you're going to go up and draft anymore. He'll get drafted somewhere because he's Tom, <clears throat> because he's Tom Brady. Yeah, but for sure. He doesn't deserve to be on. Probably doesn't deserve to be on a roster in a ten team format with a single quarterback. No, definitely not. Especially next season when this Patriots team. I'm not really sure what we're going to be looking at. Uh, Panthers thirty three, Saints fourteen. Not much Good to for Kyle Allen. Like that's a cool story. Yeah, before he got hurt, but. Uh, Listen, there's not much in this game. The not, Saints didn't try. No, the Saints were not trying. This this was, hey, we locked up the one seed and we don't really care all that much. Which we're not going to show it's you. It's understandable. Anything. Yeah, I get it. Look, and and I'm not. As, a lot of times you're worried about teams that are resting week 17 and then get the bye week. If there's a team that's going to do it, it's Sean Payton. I don't and Drew Brees. I don't think this team is going to have yeah. a letdown. There are a lot of veterans on that team. A lot of guys on that team that have won before, uh, whether it's in college or at the NFL level. For Carolina. I mean, they screw up the draft pick a little bit. I think they end up dropping four yeah. or five slots. But, you know, again, players don't tank. They're trying to win. Looks like Ron Rivera said after he met with the owner that he's going to stay. Yep, so they're going to give him the another jobs, year there. One of the jobs that was up in the air. The, 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 the focus here is Kim Newton's got to be healthy. Yeah. And this is another year where he's ending with an injury. He's getting beat up. At some point, he, I, I, what makes him great is his ability to run – to scramble, For sure. to create plays with his legs. But at some point, he's going to have to learn to protect himself more. And it's not just sliding, no. but taking fewer hits in general, both yep. in the pocket and out of the pocket. Like Correct. He's got to take fewer hits because at some point, it's going to catch up to him. McCaffrey next year for me is a clear top five pick. Might be my number two or number three yep. pick. We're going to next week, I think we're going to do like a, a mock first or second round uh, of the draft. He's a really, really, really good player. I'm happy he got caught more than 100 balls this year. That was my bold prediction. He's not going away. He's going to be a major factor in this offense. The biggest – I know we didn't make much of an impact here, but for season-wide, the biggest thing I liked about him is he ran the ball effectively inside the tackles. And yep. that's something I didn't think he was going to be able to do. That was the big concern coming out of Stanford with his size and all the concern. Can he actually put his head down and run the ball between the tackles and be a traditional running back when they need him to? Yep. He proved that he absolutely can be. Yeah, he was a, <clears throat> he was a lot of fun to watch this season. I think he's only going to get better. I think – the, the team's going to get better. I think this was this was a really weird season with Carolina. I think they have a lot of talent there. 
Um, it was just at moments they seemed great. And then if you remember that Pittsburgh Steelers game, yeah, the Thursday night time game where they, where got they just destroyed. got manhandled. And listen, that happens a lot on Thursday night, but it kind of seemed like that derailed the season. They never really recovered from that. They were overachieving in the beginning of the year and then they regressed and then they overregressed by the end of the year. Like they weren't as bad as they were the last half of the season and they weren't as good as they were the first half of the season. This is probably an eight. This, I mean, when they finished, yeah. like, what was their final? I think they were seven and nine. Seven and nine. It's probably yeah. a nine win roster. Correct. But things just kind of got a little bit out of whack. It's just, again, you start six and two and then you lose, you know, you go one and seven. You lose yeah, seven in your final eight. Yeah, you just, that, that's, and the only game you win is against a team that wasn't trying. Like, it was, it was just a weird. It was a bad, it was a bad season. ending to the season. A lot of us thought that Ron Rivera would lose his job. I think he deserves to still coach. I the think team. he deserves another chance. Again, unless unless you have a reason to believe you're going to get a top, top, top coach. Agreed. There's no reason to fire Rivera. Not only that, but Carolina is not a place that has huge expectations. They're not, this isn't some storied old franchise that has just won and won and won. And Ron Rivera's had a lot of success yes. there. I mean, they played in a Super Bowl. They've been in multiple NFC championship games. Let's, let's hold our horses there in Carolina. And again, that's a team that can be in the playoffs next year. For like, sure. You don't have to do much to, to be in the playoffs if you're Carolina. All right, Texans 20, Jaguars 3. Texans take care of business, lock up that division. The Jaguars will be – listen, when the season is over, officially over, like postseason over, Super Bowl over, we will go through our biggest disappointments and Jacksonville – Spoiler, minus Jacksonville. Jacksonville period. will be at the top of the list. No team did less with more this year than 100%. Jacksonville Jaguars. So the big takeaway from this game is that I don't know who the starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be week one of next year. So Tom Coughlin went out in full Tom Coughlin mode on – somebody pointed on Team Parchment – and ripped Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon for their actions or the way they acted on the sideline during their game. Uh, they avoided all of Leonard Fournette's guarantees, which is important because now they can basically they can cut him without many repercussions. There's a few cap repercussions, but not many. Um, I would not be surprised to see Leonard Fournette cut this offseason. Yeah. I think TJ Yeldon looks like he's gone. They know they trade for Carlos Hyde, but boy, did he not look good at any point in Jacksonville. He looked better when he was playing in Cleveland. I don't know who the starting running back is in that backfield next year. I don't know where Leonard Fournette's playing next year. This is this is going to be very interesting because he was a mid-first-round pick this year. Yeah. And I don't know where I would rank him next year because there are way too many things up in the air. Way too many variables. I got to know where the hell he's playing next year. And I got to know that he's going to actually play. And not Yeah, I mean, he missed time with injury. He's got this attitude issue. Maybe yeah. it's just with this team. Maybe it's just with this – but, like – there's a lot of problems on this team right now. This team needs a very nice, quiet offseason. Yeah. This team needs an offseason where everybody, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey included, yeah. despite Shuts how good he is, just shut your mouth. Yeah. And you, you got your ass kicked this year. Yes, you did. All right? If you open your mouth, you got cocky, and then got destroyed. Yep. The Take- positive side is is everybody on that defense that was in the AFC Championship game when they were the better team than the Patriots, and I still believe that to this yeah. day, they were the better football team that day, and then they just completely mentally collapsed. They're still there. Yep. You still have pieces there. You still have it now. You still have to. I don't know what the hell you're gonna do a quarterback. Yeah. Because you you signed Bortles a huge deal and you you can't really get out of it. No, you got to figure out a way to make him work. You just have to. I just I don't know where you go a quarterback here because you're not gonna find the quarterback of the future in this draft. But you still have a team that could make the playoffs. You still have a team that could win that division. You just got to find a way to make this work. Yeah, I think this is gonna be a really interesting off season for this team, and I. I think Leonard Fournette needs to be gone, and I would like to see him on a team that has a different reputation than Jacksonville. I think I would love to see what his attitude was like in a coaching staff that is 
older and more conservative and kind of puts him in line a little bit. I, I think it would be interesting to see him in that position. Uh, Cowboys 36, Giants 35. Listen. Uh, Told you. Yeah. I'd take the Dallas twos with a little bit of the ones over the Dallas I, Giants starting right I now. hope you listened to the podcast on Friday. On Friday of last week because we told you uh, Jamie was what eleven and five against the yeah, spread 11 this, and five week. this week. Uh, a lot of these games fell two and zero in our locks. By the way, so for those of you that are following us on TD Fantasy Premium, uh, Jake and I went two and zero in our locks this week. Really, really strong season. We're hitting it over. It's like sixty two percent or something this year on yeah. our locks. That's that's pretty. Good. It's not number one in the industry, but it's pretty high up there. It's pretty high up there, and I think if you. You know, if you were listening to this, you would have known about how good this this last week and week seventeen can be a really tricky it's week. So week. going so going eleven and five is is damn good. And this this game went exactly as I saw it going. Yep. It went exactly as I saw it going. And listen, another team that's got a lot of discussions to have in the off season, the, the New York Giants. Uh, they are <laughs> they are a football team that they're going to keep Eli Manning. I, they are going to keep they've already. They've already built this momentum. I don't, I don't. And again, I don't think that's Shermer's call. That's nope. coming from above him. But look, and again, they're not going to get the quarterback this year. I, I don't know if they're going to take Haskins. Um, all the reports where they liked Herbert, but he's going back to school. Yep. To me, it looks like this might be just another transition year for the Giants. Where I mean, Saquon was great in this game. He was great all year. He should be the rookie of the year, uh, in my opinion, offensively. Um, I know, I know there's a lot of momentum around Baker, but I, and he might win because he's been flashier. But Saquon Barkley has been the best rookie. Like, 100%. It's very clear to me. 100%. Saquon Barkley. And he had a good game here, we thought. Evan Ingram really came on strong the last back half of the season, particularly when these last few games with Odell Beckham Jr. out. He is in that conversation in that top four next year. I think there are a lot of people that are going to go, do I take Evan Ingram or do I take Rob Gronkowski? And I think there's a – Real strong argument to be made to take Evan Ingram over Gronkowski. I will tease it again for the second week. You can go to tdfantasy.com and see my article about where Rob Gronkowski ranks next year. And there, he's kind of in that spot for me where there's like there's O.J. Howard's of the world, George Kittle's of the world, uh, Evan Ingram's, and it's Jared Cook. I mean, it's not going to be easy to see where a guy like Gronk ranks next year and where you should spend your draft capital. But he had another strong game. Dak looked really good. Zeke didn't play really. It is what it is. Dallas is going to be face Seattle at home. I mean, they really had nothing to play for. They weren't likely to move up. So yeah, not much, not much. But to they, discuss. Are, they won the game. Yep, they won, they won the game. They won the game. That. That's nice. You yeah. rather again top top flight analysis here. You'd rather win than lose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it didn't mean much to them. No, it did not. Uh, Falcons, I don't think Blake Jarwin's anything. By the way, going into next year, I know he had the three touchdown game. There, yeah, let's, let's relax. Falcons thirty four, Buccaneers thirty two. Worth mentioning here. Uh, while we've been on the podcast, the fa- the Falcons fired uh, Steve Sarkeesian. They also parted ways with their defensive coordinator and their special teams. So okay. that means they have cleared house, with the exception of head coach Dan Quinn. Okay, so one more. Yeah, one more year. Yeah. So okay. Dan Quinn has one more year to get it together. I'm um, fine with it. By the way, I I, I didn't like the Sarkeesian hire. I, I no, I've never. It, I thought it. He did nothing. Coming from hire. Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian, that's about as big of a coordinator drop as you can go to. And look, Sarkeesian is a big name, but I I wasn't a fan of the offense that he when he was at Alabama briefly when he came in as the interim OC. I didn't like the way he ran the offense there. I thought he was way too conservative. I thought he was way too conservative at times with Matt Ryan in here. Um, again, that's a team that has some pieces offensively that you really like. Mm-hmm. That defense needs to be completely rebuilt aside from uh, Deion, pretty much Deion Jones. There's a few guys in their front seven that are okay. Uh, I don't know what the running back situation is going to look like next year. They might not have Tevin Coleman. They might not have Freeman. But Listen, Dan Quinn, you got that's your side of the ball, man. 
Like yeah. that's, that's where you came from. Yeah. You, you have to show that you can let that offense with a, with a veteran quarterback who had a good year, despite everything else that happened, especially from a fantasy perspective yeah. and had overcame injuries. And I know this defense had a lot of injuries, but that is your specialty yeah. and your defense is garbage. Yeah. So you need to you need to show if I'm ownership I'm going listen this the veteran staff that we have going forward I'm not worried about I'm not yeah. worried about Matt Ryan I'm not worried about that I'm I, get a good coordinator you got to fix that defense yes. and and until you fix that defense listen the reason the Saints are the Saints they are a top 10 defense the yeah. back half of the season. Yeah, they were they were even better than that. They were excellent. They were, they were top 5 in the in the back half of the year. And that's what happens. Yes, Drew Brees is amazing in that offense. But guess what happened? When Drew Brees and that offense got stopped, that defense was able to mm-hmm. overcome and help them keep games close or stay in games. And and that's, it matters. that it does matter. And it travels and it matters. And I know that we want to pretend like the, the league is all about offense now. But guess what happens? Each and every year, November and December and into January. The defenses matter more than ever before. The league, is, it's all about offense, but it, it's, it comes with a caveat. You need to be able to have an. You need to be able to move the ball offensively. Yes. You can't. You can win in this league with an average offense. You can't win in this league. I don't care how good your defense is with a bad offense. No. Like if the Bears' offense was what it was last year. Yeah, they're not. Winning. We wouldn't care for sure. Even with Cleo Mack, yep. we wouldn't care. This team would not be a playoff team. You have to be able to do somewhat. But what defense allows you to do is allows your offense to make mistakes. Yep. And, and overcome them. If your defense is as bad as Kansas City's has, has been. Or and I know Kansas City can rush the passer, but why not? But they're not they're not as bad as Atlanta's defense or Tampa's defense. But, but they're bad. But they're if, bad if Mahomes throws three picks in a game, the Chiefs probably aren't winning. No. And it's not because they can't put up points; it's because their defense can't stop anybody. Correct. And that's the difference. The Chiefs, speaking of thirty-five-three final score, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, fitting end to the John Gruden's first season. Fitting you know. end. Uh, they hired a GM. That was that was news today. So they well. hired Mike Mayock, who on. Uh, is a I'll, let me get this let me get this out of the way first. Good person. Yep. It's awesome dude to be around. I've only been around him very briefly, but he's a cool dude to be around. Good human being. Very very good player evaluator. I have no indication that he can do the other parts of the GM job. Yeah. And, and here's why I don't understand. You have John Gooden has control over the fifty three and pretty much everything. He has control over the world in Oakland. Okay. Probably has control over the uniform colors if they wanted to change that. Why bring in? As the head, as a GM, not as a not as a front office consultant, but as the GM, another personnel guy. Yeah. What they need there in Oakland is they need somebody. They need a capologist. They need somebody to go in there and say, "Okay, John, how these can I make rules. these are the players you want? Here's how I can make that work." Correct. That's what they need there, because for better or for worse, John Gruden is going to be your player evaluator. Yep. You have given him the keys to your franchise for the next nine years plus this one. Yeah. You've given him the keys. So to me, I just feel like all you're doing is doubling up on one area. Now, the argument can be made that maybe Mike Mayock, who is an excellent player evaluator, can help John Gruden with those draft picks and say, okay, John, I know you like to evaluate quarterbacks in this, but here's how you get the most out of all those picks you have. Yeah. In that sense, it makes a lot of sense. The other part, the part I don't understand is, is I don't have any indication that Mike Mayock knows how to be a GM. manage the salary cap and manage other staffs and be able to do things on that level. Maybe he can. I don't know that he can, but doesn't this this isn't it's it just seems like you're doubling up here. It's like correct. you have a very offensive minded head coach that bring that puts all his resources and bringing in another high end offensive coach and ignoring the defensive side. It just feels like you're doubling up on the personnel side and ignoring all the other elements that could come back to bite them because 
if you're in cap hell for a while, you could be in trouble. It took down the Saints for a couple seasons. Yeah. With Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Yeah, I just I, this doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But listen, the Raiders are the Raiders, and I didn't expect somebody who was a long-standing GM to come in here because I don't think John's ego will allow for that. Well, no, 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 no long-standing GM would take this job. No, because John's in charge, and we know that, and that because it could happen. What happened with McKenzie? You're going to get take all the blame for decisions you don't make. Yep, and that's that is not a lucrative job to have. But um, I will say this: I am more optimistic about their ability to draft well. With Mike Mayock. Okay. Because I, I do like – I think Mike Mayock is a great talent evaluator. We will see if that he and Gruden see eye to eye on talent. <laughs> and they, and maybe they do. And maybe yeah. they do. And maybe John is saying, look, I need someone here to tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe John Gruden is sitting here saying, okay, I have – John Gruden is building this legacy right now based on these next two or three drafts. Yep. And he knows that. And he's he's not a stupid man. I don't like the way he's been coaching. I don't think he's as yeah, good as all the But he's not a dumb – he's not a dumb man. And he knows what he needs to do. And he knows that he's accumulating all these picks. His mission here, again, he's not tanking and trying to grab the money or hoping to get fired. No. What he is doing is he is saying, I, I, he looked at this roster and said, I can't win with this roster. Yeah. I need to completely tear it down. And I have the 10-year deal and I have the ability to do that because I have been given an insurance that, that I'm not going to get fired. I'm not going to get fired in the next five or six years. Yep. So his legacy is built on these next two or three or four drafts. Can he build a Super Bowl contender out of these drafts? If he can, then he's going to look back and say, the, "That was worth tr- it." Trust the process. Correct. That's what he's going to say. If he can't, he has nobody to blame but himself, and his legacy as this mythical coach that can can turn around teams will be dead. Yeah, it's all going to be turned on these drafts, and Mike Mayock will help him in those areas. I still want to know who they have behind the scenes that's going to help them make sure the cap works. It's an interesting time to be a Raiders fan. Very, very interesting time to be a Raiders fan. All right, yeah, where they're going to be playing next year too? Yeah, also that. Hey, come to Arizona. I'd love to see the Raiders up close and personal, playing <laughs> playing home games here. Uh, Seahawks twenty seven, Cardinals twenty four. Listen, this the Cardinals was, play the Seahawks well in Seattle, regardless of talent. So every year, this is a this, this is one of those bizarre things that you looked. No matter talent discrepancy, no matter at one point the the Seahawks hadn't lost a game at home. In, it was a ridiculous amount of yeah. time, and I will never forget Carson Palmer going up there. The and, touchdown game, or? and I, I, I've never seen Carson Palmer is not an emotional guy. He was fist pumping on the sideline. He told Seahawks fans to suck it. It was, uh, it was one of the greatest. It was such a fun football game to watch. For whatever reason, Cardinals with Bruce Arians, this Cardinals team that hit a lot of the same pieces that that Bruce had. They know how to play in Seattle, and they played Seattle tough to the very end. And honestly, without Sebastian Janikowski, obviously you're not winning this yeah. football game. Uh, it was good to see the Cardinals show some life here. It was. It was also good to see them still lose this game. Yeah, it was good get to see them. Get the number one pick. Correct. Get Nick Bosa. Get, again, players don't tank, but if you're a fan of the Cardinals, or you're in the Cardinals front office, you want that pick. This, is a per- this was literally the perfect scenario. Yes. They played a very, very close game against a divisional opponent where you were in the game the whole time. But you lost, yeah. and you locked up the number one seed. Absolutely. Uh, number one pick. Long term, I think David Johnson, he's going to be a fun guy to rank next year. Yeah. Again, it's going to depend on who the head coach is. But mm-hmm. it, as long as Byron Leftwich is still there, I think he's going to be a top ten running back. Um, so he's going to be an interesting guy to rank. We're, again, we don't know if we've seen Larry Fitzgerald's last game or not. 
Christian Kirk, I still like a lot next year. I'm going to rank Kirk above Fitzgerald, even if Fitzgerald comes back. I think he's him and Rosen, nice connection. Yeah, I think he's he's the receiver you want there. I don't think uh, he might be a wide receiver three at best. I'm yeah. not sure I'm going to have him ranked there. Maybe more of a, a flex bench guy to see how he does. For Seattle, again, Russell Wilson finished the season pretty strong. I love the way they ran the ball. I knew they were going to run the ball well in this game. I I got to give Pete Carroll and this team some credit mm-hmm. because there's a very good article written on, on Bleacher Report about how the Seattle did what no, few teams in the NFL do is rebuild on the fly. Yep. I was always higher on them coming in the year than a lot. There was a lot of hate around the Seahawks. A lot of people thought they were – I think you said they picked them to have the worst record in the NFC. <laughs> Uh, which was always ridiculous. I thought they were still a wild card caliber team. That's where they ended up. It's going to be very interesting because I think that wild card matchup with Seattle and Dallas, which we'll talk a lot more about on Friday, is just a matchup of two teams I think overachieved slightly in the season, but two teams that have the ability to beat anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I just I have nothing else to say about this game. And then I just I still don't. I mean, the Seattle did enough they needed to do to so lock down the five seed, but I'm still not super encouraged about the future of the team because they still yeah. think they're on a downward trend overall. Niners, Rams, Rams take care of business 48-32. The Niners did make this interesting towards the end of the game. Uh, listen, the Niners are a football team I'm going to pay a lot of attention to in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, that really, defense needs a lot of help. And I think de- yeah. everybody got blinded by Jimmy Garoppolo's good looks and they forgot that that defense is atrocious. Yeah, they need and, – and some of the picks that John Lynch has had haven't turned no. out. And and that, and that needs to be discussed because Ruben Foster's no longer there. Pick. Late first round pick, but first round and pick. And Solomon Thomas has not turned out to be the guy yeah. that they thought they were going to get. Yeah. Because it's – listen, each and every day I'm thanking my lucky stars. I know the Bears gave up a lot, but that that's what the Niners – because a lot of discussion at the time was, that's, really, was the Bears. And the Bears should, would trade up to trade to, for Solomon Thomas. Yeah, I mean, that's and, what a lot of people thought. And wow, oh wow, oh, what a difference having Mitch Trubisky versus Solomon Thomas yes. is at this point in time for both franchises. This is a, the 49ers are a fascinating team because, mm-hmm. one, I'm going to officially say, if Jimmy Garoppolo can't have success in this offense, he's not cut out for the league. Well, because one, Nick Mullins is having success with this offense. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive wizard. Master. So I, if he cannot – he literally made somebody – he pulled some guy like I think they, like, they the made street. Nick Mullins at like a test tube in like the their practice facility <laughs> or something. Like I mean, and, and puts up points. I look at this offense and I I still think they need another pass catcher, but uh, on the outside. But I, I look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is again. I'll go back to what my evaluation of him was going into the year because we learned nothing about Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Is that he is a starting caliber quarterback, but not one of the twenty best. So he's a fine, but you know what? He's better than Nick Mullins, and he's better than C.J. Beathard. And both those players had success in this offense. They have a running game now. Matt Breda looks really good. Jeff Wilson looks decent. They're going to get Jarek McKinnon, remember him? They're going to get him back. And I think they're actually going to use him in the role he's properly used for because I didn't like him being the lead back there. Yeah. They can, if they put Breda in on first and second down and they use Jarek McKinnon in like the James White role like the Patriots do, I think that accentuates both those guys. And I yeah. think that creates a very dynamic option there. And it gives Jimmy Garoppolo an excellent checkdown option and Jarek McKinnon on third downs. I really like what that could be. If you add a wide receiver either through the draft or in free agency, you pair that with George Kittle, all of a sudden that's a dynamic – that's a top 10 offense in football. For sure. And, and I think that's a, that's a team that could challenge there. On the other side, it is bad. You have like one or two pieces on that defense. It is bad. There's too much talent for them to be this bad. They need to figure something out. They need to go defense heavy in the draft, and they need to just – they need to find some options there because they can't stop anything. No, they can't. And cannot. that's what's going to hold them back. Yeah. it's Like I said, there's a lot of – as much as I love the season, 
I'm, there's so many things that happen in the offseason to change yes. all these other teams. I'm obviously very excited to watch the Bears play in the postseason, as no one is shocked by. But I am very excited to talk about all of the different variables that are going to happen because we have so many coaching changes and there's so many teams that are going to need to just completely revamp around the yes. draft. And listen, if your team's not in it, that's what you look forward to. You're t- yes. These are the discussions that you want to have. How everybody has hope at this point who's not in the postseason, thinking about next year. There's a path for the Niners to be the second-best team in the NFC West. It just – a lot of things need to happen, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, to make that happen. All right. Next game, Chargers 23, Broncos 9. Listen, the Chargers are – Another slow start for them, though. Like, yeah. I, I know Denver's a tough place to play, but I have – the Chargers and the Vikings had the same problem a lot of the year. Is they sleepwalk through a lot of first quarters. Yeah, which is not going to be able to happen in the postseason. And that scares me. Yeah. And like particularly on the road. And the Chargers are going to have to go on the road to Baltimore. And again, I'm not going to tease my picks too much. We're going to talk about that on Friday. A lot yeah. can happen there. But they're going on a road against a very strong defense. And a tough you place to play. You can't start with – you cannot punt the first quarter. No. Or the first half like they have in a lot of these games. When they, Their offense finally – I'm going to show you this. Their offense finally got on the board with 346 remaining in the first half. Yeah, you can't. That's, I'm telling you right now, if that's how long it takes them to score yes. in Baltimore, they're not winning that yes. football no, game. They had a defensive touchdown that kind of pushed things along, and Denver's offense never really got going. But yeah. the Chargers need to start quicker. They yeah. need, That offense has enough pieces you need to start quicker. Melvin Gordon kind of got hurt at the end of that game. We'll see what, what his status is. It's They need – if they're going to be a team that's going to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl – that offense has to start off before midway through the second quarter. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I do think this team – I do think they can go on the road and win. Uh, of all the teams in the AFC, I think, they one, they have the least intimidating home field advantage just because it's not a home field advantage. No. And two, Phillip Rivers gives you the ability to just go anywhere and not care and play, as, sure. as has been shown in going into Kansas City and winning, going into New England and being able to win. I mean, he can go anywhere and win, going into Pittsburgh this year and winning – the problem is the postseason's different. And you got to do it all in, all in a row. And it, Like it's right just, now their path is Balt- – would be, in theory, Baltimore, New England, Casey. Yeah, that's just – I, I, if they do that, that is one of the toughest roads to the postseason ever. Yes. I, I, that is going to be one of the I toughest – that's just – To it, give the Chargers three opportunities to choke games away against really good teams <laughs> on the road, like I don't think they're going to miss on all three of those. Like I just – No, I think I, I – love this. This I, is – I love this team. This I, is the most on both. If you take both sides of the ball, I believe this is the most talented team in the AFC. I agree, but they're not the best team in the AFC. No, because I need to see them do it consistently. I need to see them do it for sixty minutes in a game. I need to see them do it on the road. Yeah. I still have concerns about this team as much as as much as they're talented. Fill the fill. Go go cement your Hall of Fame, man. I think you're already a Hall of Famer. He's but, a Hall of Famer, but, but but go 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 win on the road. Go make some. Go make this stuff interesting. The funny thing is, from a pure talent standpoint, he might have been the best quarterback in that draft, and he's going to be probably the only one in that first round that doesn't have a ring. I know this is so sad. Uh, Bears twenty four, Vikings ten. Told you. Told you so. Told you so. I don't care. This line near kickoff was seven. The Vikings were favored by seven points. And I told y'all, and so did Jamie, this team is – I should have locked this in. I'm mad at it. This game. Vikings team is just – every week people were making excuses for this team. They're going to turn it around. At some point, y'all need to realize – The season is over. The season <laughs> is over, and there's no time to uh, put magic in a bottle and fix things. This team is not good. No. They're going to have – regress this year. That's this a massive problem. Massive problem when you think about – you added Kirk Cousins. You have a healthy Adam Thielen. You had a healthy Stephon Diggs. 
They can't, they were never able to run the football. They couldn't stop running the football, as was apparent by Jordan Howard's two touchdown, 115 yard game against this team. I mean, this this team has a lot of a lot of question marks this offseason. The NFC North in general, there's a lot of discussion this team around is interesting, all those though. teams. Mike Florio said during the halftime show, or excuse me, during the pregame show of Sunday Night Football, he was asked by Mike Tirico, is there any out of the box, comes out of nowhere coach firings? That we should be aware oh, of. Oh, Mike Zimmer. And Floyer said, and I'm going to use, I'm going to try to quote this almost directly because he was very, he says, whether it's firing or resigning or mutually parting ways, there are a lot of people in the NFL looking at Minnesota. Nothing is, not nothing, I have no reports of things are happening or things are changed, but there are a lot of people looking at Minnesota. Obviously, nothing as of 2 30, or excuse me, 1 30 Eastern time on yeah. Monday, nothing has happened yet. Uh, I don't anticipate he's going to mutually part ways, fired, quit, or whatever, but just something to watch. Yeah, and I think, listen, I think Mike Zimmer's a really good coach, but I, I think the you saw some of the staff changes in the offseason really had some issues here. And and I think you need to reevaluate what your offense is going to look like to be successful yeah. with Kirk Cousins. You have because, too many pieces there. Yeah, I just – Both sides of the ball. Like th- that team on a talent level is one of the five best teams in the NFC. 100%. Maybe even better than that on talent, on paper. You have to – you have to do – now that you have Kirk Cousins long-term, yeah, I know what you want to do, Mike Zimmer – but you have to do what's best for your quarterback because you got that guy long term now. Yeah. He's your guy. That's it. Yeah. You have to run an offense that is going to make him successful. And that is not the type of offense you saw him be successful in no. ever in Washington. So I just don't understand what the, the clashing of ideas there because Kirk regressed significantly yeah. on a more talented more talent. roster, yeah. which is a problem. You should not see a guy go from having this kind of success he did in Washington with way less talent to coming into a better situation and regressing. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah. I, I just, there are a lot of question marks around that team uh, going into next year. There are going to be a lot of, a lot of Vikings going to go high in fantasy drafts. I mean, yeah. Thielen and Diggs yep. are both probably top 12 wide receivers. Dalvin Cook is probably an RB two. There are a lot of, Minnesota, Minnesota's defense is going to be taken pretty highly. There's a lot of fantasy value on this Minnesota team next year, but I don't know where I'm going to have Kirk Cousins. Like, to me, I thought he was going to – one of my bold predictions, we'll go over this to, uh, on Wednesday, but one of my bold predictions that I got wrong is I thought Cousins would be a top-five fantasy QB this year. Yeah, I thought – the success he had in Washington. I said, look at all the weapons. He has infinitely more weapons here than he did in Washington, even at the peak there. I know we didn't have McVay or Shanahan there, but still, he had a lot of weapons and Nothing. just was an incredibly disappointing season. Yeah, I think uh, upgrade your offensive line. Start there. Well, absolutely, they need to do that. Absolutely. Start but. there. That's that's your biggest issue. Ravens twenty six, Browns twenty four. Man, oh man, oh. Baker Mayfield made this just yeah. about as interesting as it possibly could be. Uh, this is a fun. <laughs> I'm excited about the Browns. We talked about this being in the podcast. I'm not going to go over it again. I'm excited about the Browns. I'm excited about their future. Baltimore on the flip side. This team becomes at one point this season was talking about that John Harbaugh could be fired. They now lock up the division, win the division, will be playing a home game, yeah. and I'm excited to watch a this really, team in the really postseason. Fun game. Chargers yeah. Ravens. Oh really, yeah, really that's really. great. To me, that football. is the premier football game of the weekend from a football standpoint. The premier like curiosity. I'm looking at Philadelphia and Chicago going like that's going to be a fun game because of the markets. What you know, the oh, yeah. but from a pure like most talented standpoint, it's it's L. A. and Baltimore. I look at this for next year. Baker Mayfield is going to go way too high in drafts. I know. I love Baker. He's going to be great. And he's probably worthy of a QB1 in a, in a 12-team league. 
But I think people are going to take him in like as the, the fifth or sixth best quarterback, and people are going to overreact there. Um, I saw ESPN did a fantasy mock draft, and I believe with the, either the seventh, sixth or seventh pick of the draft, they took Nick Chubb. Interesting. So uh, that's very interesting to see where I have him next year. Again, a lot of it's going to depend on the staff. And I said that a lot in my stories. Like, a lot of this is going to depend on what happens to Cleveland staff. Because yeah. whoever they bring in is going to have a huge effect on how the, how you draft those teams next year. For the Ravens, got, you got to be impressed with what Lamar Jackson's been able to do. Mm-hmm. They run the ball like no team runs the ball anymore. This looks like a 1980s football team now. <laughs> I do have concerns, not this year, but next year. About yeah. Where you take Lamar Jackson, where you take whoever's starting running back there, whether it's Edwards or Dixon or, or wherever you go there. I... This this screams to me regression for next year. This yeah. screams to me you put this on film and next year this is going to get stopped. This screams wildcat offense and then next year everybody does it and nobody can do it anymore. Uh, but for, for this year's purposes, I think Lamar Jackson was a real was a godsend for a lot of teams that maybe were were, were in a pickle at the QB position late yep. in the year and were able to get a consistent top 12 or 14 quarterback. All right, Eagles 24, Redskins 0. Not much to discuss here. Eagles took care of business against a team that's literally has nobody. Had nobody left. I mean, the Redskins I, are they, are barely an NFL team right now. They just had so many injuries. They really it, it was a very tough season for the Redskins from an injury perspective. Uh, like we said, the Eagles will face off against the the Vikings lose, so they'll get the Bears. Bears. We'll talk about that later on this week. Nick Foles looks like he's going to be playing in that yeah, he's game. He's going to play. He came out with the rib injury late in that game. From a fantasy perspective, what do you take away from these two teams this season, Jamie? Well, I, I look at Washington and I go, I, I don't think I can trust anybody on that team next yeah. year. And, and I really thought you – I thought Chris Thompson would have a big year. Me too. And that was one of my big was, things I was swinging a miss and, on. And, and early in the season, it looked like he was well on his way. Yep. He got hurt and then was back and got hurt again. And then when he came back that second time, he was almost non-existent in that offense. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, dude's, dude's not a human. <laughs> dude's a cyborg to have yeah. a season he had. Looks like he could even play another year. Uh, I just I, – I can't – I mean, Jameson Crowder kind of came on toward the end of the year. Jordan Reed was nothing this year, even when he played. It used to, it used to be at least he was a star when he was on the field. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins not being there. He just wasn't used the same way. I can't trust anything on Washington. For Philadelphia – I don't know how much you take away from this for your fantasy year. I don't think Nick Foles is the quarterback there next year. They're going to have to move him because his cap hits a crazy. Like, I mean, even if he wins the Super Bowl, I wonder what happens there because yeah. I don't think, they're not moving on from Carson Wentz. Like, no, I mean, stop. stop. Full, that. full stop on that. Is there a possibility if he, if he goes on a run here, they decide, screw it, we'll leave the cap hit, and Wentz has an injury history and we'll keep them both? I could see that. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a dumb move considering how often Wentz has been injured now. For sure. Um but to me, the connection between Alshon Jeffrey and, and Foles has been great, but it hasn't been as great with Wentz there. So if Wentz is the starter next year, which I expect him to be, I don't see much fantasy value there. I have no idea what their backfield is going to look like next year. I don't know. I don't think Josh Adams is going to be the guy that's their starter on opening weekend. There's really not a lot of fantasy takeaways here from this Philly team. No. Uh, Steelers 16, Bengals 13. Obviously, the biggest storyline here is that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be in the postseason, uh, which, they, is crazy to, which is crazy to say out loud. Um, Antonio Brown obviously didn't play in this yeah, game. which really affected Juju. I mean, I think if you forget what the difference is, is that Steelers offense had a lot of trouble without Antonio Brown out there. Yep. And that's two defenders away. So it's it's – it's a reminder of the value that Antonio Brown has. Cause I think people sometimes at this at points throughout the season, were questioning whether Antonio Brown was still Antonio Brown. Listen, we love Juju, yes. but Juju's success is a lot in part to the fact that Antonio Brown takes 
a lot of attention. Takes two guys away most time. Correct. I mean, you, and, 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 that opens, and that opens things up for Juju and James Washington and and James Conner in moments. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to understand what Antonio Brown, what he attracts from a defensive perspective, how much attraction goes yes. to Antonio Brown's way and what that does for that offense and not having him, is a is a game changer for Both that offense. Both these wide receivers are going to be interesting to rank next year. Yeah, in that same ESPN mock draft that they did a few days ago, they took three wide receivers. They did twelve team league, and three wide receivers went in the first round, and none of them were Antonio Brown. And to me, I think that's an overreaction to what I the agree. season was. Going into last week, before he didn't play, Antonio Brown was the number two fantasy wide receiver. Like, I, 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 it's just I think people decided that mid season that Antonio Brown was having a down year when he was only like the tenth best wide receiver. And they forgot that he finishes a number two wide receiver through 16 weeks. So, and the offense is going to be better. Like, I, to me, I, just, I think people like the decline of Antonio Brown is people that haven't been paying attention. People that are not I, watching. I don't people like, oh, I'm going to rank Juju above Antonio Brown next year. I was like, well, then you're going to be wrong. You, like, I'm sorry, no. Juju's great. Juju's going to be a borderline wide receiver one. Yeah. But I might have both of them in my top 15. Yeah. But, and and, but Antonio Brown is, I'm telling you right now, Antonio Brown will be. Probably my number two wide receiver. Next yeah, year. I, right now I'm leaning towards him being my number two. Yeah, I think Devontae Adams will be my number one I agree. at the moment. Um, unless for some reason we're trying to Aaron Rodgers is going to miss time to start the year. But uh, I'm sorry, it's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has been again. He's been the number one quarter, number one wide receiver five years in a row, and he's and been this year number, number two, two or three. Yeah, sorry. In I, a I just, down year for the Steelers, unless Ben retires, yeah, I, I, which it doesn't look like is going to happen at this point. I don't know how you don't have him there. For Cincinnati, Joe Mixon had a huge run uh, in this in the early in that game, and he's a top ten pick next year. For yes, me. he is. I think he's he's clearly going to be a RB one. He's he's ascending. That offense can't possibly be worse in terms of like injuries and all the other things that happen to it next year. I think he's going to have a, and again he missed two games too and came back and was as strong as ever. Came back better. Uh, I think he's going to have. He ended up catching forty something balls this year too. So they used him a little bit more in the passing game than before. Uh, still not as much as I think they could. But yeah, he's he's a top ten pick next year. Yep. I uh, listen. I was high on him going into this year. This was that was one of my bold predictions with Joe Mixon. I was really excited about seeing him this year, and he turned out to be exactly who I wanted him to be, even with that offense having struggles because of Andy Dalton's injury. And and I think that's if you saw what happened with Joe Mixon this year, you can only forecast out with a healthy Andy Dalton next year. Colts. Take care of business. They're going to be in the postseason. They're going to be one of the teams to watch. Team in the league. Bruce Arians told you guys, like, week five, you don't want to play this team. If this team gets hot, sure enough, it happened. Andrew Luck is cooking. The The Titans' defense has been great. Yeah. And Andrew Luck put up Didn't 33 on the care. road in a game where it mattered. And, yes, that that was – this was a game that mattered for both teams. This was a playoff game. This win, it was winning you in, winning losing your, you're out. Yeah, winning you're in, and guess what? The better quarterback took care of business on the road because he's Andrew Luck and he put up 33 points on a tough, tough defense that's been stingy all the year long. You don't want to play Andrew Luck. That's all I'm saying. No. And so on this Colts team, I think the biggest difference between this year and years past besides Andrew Luck is they were able to do two things now they haven't been able to do in years. They ran the ball extremely effectively all year. Marlon Mack has actually given them a legit running game. And if they get a guy like Le'Veon Bell next year, look out. And that defense has been competent. Their secondary is still a problem, but that front seven is actually pretty darn good. Jake's been talking about it for weeks. Yeah. They can rush the passer. They can they can stop the run. They have been really, really effective. This is a very scary Colts team right yep. now. I would argue that I can make an argument that they that they could win playoff games plural. 
and we'll see what I think on Friday when we talk about it. But they, they could, there's a very strong possibility they could win multiple playoff games. This is, to me, uh, for Tennessee – it was a hell of a job by Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I don't, this, this, this is was one not of the a best, nine-win team. No, this was one of the best coaching jobs of the season. And he had Mariota in and out of the lineup. Yeah. He had Blaine Gabbard in and out of the lineup. They did. Derrick Henry was good the last few weeks of the year, but he was nothing for the first 13 weeks of the year. No, and then and they, they finally found a running game. And they don't have a ton of Corey offensive Davis was pieces. In out, yeah, Corey Davis was in and out of the lineup. I thought, you know, he wasn't much of a factor this year because he was hurt and then decided he wanted to leave the team, but – Rashard Matthews was a key piece for them last year that they yeah. didn't really have this year. This team, did, again, they did more with less than anybody else. Like I know Mike Babel's not going to probably get any coach of the year votes because they didn't make the playoffs, but he deserves a lot of credit for what he did with this team because this is probably a six-win roster that he won nine games with. Yeah, no, that was a hell of a coaching job. And I think at the when we like we said, there's going to be a lot of wrap-up stuff when the season's over. One of the things I want to go through and kind of get both your and Jake's opinion on is evaluate these coaches a little bit. Yeah. I think it's an interesting discussion to have, especially with as much turnover as we had. I think Vrabel deserves a lot of credit. And I think if you're looking over and you're evaluating a season in total and how a coach did with the talent on his roster, that was one of the most impressive performances of the year. Jamie, any parting thoughts on today's pod? Really? Just I'm excited for this postseason. Yeah, me too. It feels like it's a long time getting here, but I think we have four really strong matchups. Because every once in a while on Wild Card Weekend – you, you, you get kind of like a clunker that you don't want to see. I, I'm really excited for all four of these matches because I don't. I really don't think as I'm looking at them now, there's none I really look at and say, I can't see X team winning. For sure, 100%. Like, and that's how it should be, correct? Yes. And, and so far, all the games are two-and-a-half-point favorites mm-hmm. except for Philadelphia-Chicago. Yeah. That's the only game that's a little bigger spread in, in favor of Chicago. But Which I think if Carson Wentz was playing, it would probably not be that way. And, maybe. I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference. I just think Chicago's defense is just – is, yeah. the, is the biggest mismatch of the weekend here. For sure. This is uh, – listen, I I have been waiting for Bears postseason football for quite some time. It's been a while since yeah. the Bears have been in the postseason, so I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, playing Philadelphia is going to be fun. L.A. and Baltimore, like we said, yeah. is going to be great. We're going to get into all these matchups. Indianapolis, Houston, you know, Dallas, Seattle. These are – Great matchups, yes. great markets, great fan bases. And, this and is the, all good stuff. And you can make strong arguments for any team. And yeah. I think that's important because there are a lot of times where you walk into these weekends and you go, yeah, there's no way this team can yeah. Or there's no way this team can be upset. And you're like, well, there are a lot of those scenarios. This and it happened last year when Tennessee walked into Kansas City and beat that team at home. We'll talk about Kansas City a little bit down the road yeah. because that's a team that has six straight playoff losses at home. It's a thing. It's a Six. Th- it's a thing. Straight. And again – We'll talk about how long Friday that tease the skeletons in the closet weekend that's coming a week in a week and a half from now. That that might play into it. We'll All see. Right. We'll talk All about right. what the, how that plays into it. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at JME Eisner on Instagram. And guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I, and you should follow TD Fantasy at TD Fantasy underscore. And there's still time to become a TD Fantasy subscriber. We will have picks. We will have locks in the postseason. Still time to make money and be a part of the winning that has been happening. 62%, guys, that's important to know. We're hitting at a high level. The guys have done a really great job. Uh, Listen, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Happy New Year early. And uh, we will see you guys on Wednesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.